Hello and welcome to Rule of Carnage, a video series and podcast about designing better miniature games. Uh, my name's Mike, I design miniature games such as Gaslands and Hobgoblin, uh, and this is Glenn, who designs both miniature games such as Puke Apocalypse, as well as board games and card games like SSO. Um, the title of this show is Designing Better Miniature Games, and there's a reason that we say better, not only because we both are enlightened individuals with growth mindsets, but also because there is no best miniature game and there's no way for your game to ever be perfect. You just got to keep making better games and making your own game better as you're working on it. Um, in this episode, I sort of wanted to just take a moment to retrospect because I'm in the middle of the final stages of Hobgoblin's kind of editing and, and tweaking and final playtesting. Uh, the early access rules have been out for a few weeks by the time of uh, at the time of recording and there'll probably have been just a new version uh released uh, at the time that this episode gets released new early access version and i'm in the final sort of spit and polish stage where the game is basically done and could be released now like it could be sent to the printers now but there are still things that could be better about it and there may still be bugs that need fixing and so i think I'm interested now about kind of two ideas. One is how much you hold yourself to account in terms of a high standard and also having other people around you, thanks Glenn, holding you to a high standard. Um, and also I think the very, very related idea of when is good enough and one's good enough for you and particularly when's good enough for your player community and the sort of game that you're putting out, sort of product that you're putting out in the format that you're putting it out. So there's definitely a few topics to dig into there. Um, not least, not least the idea of how you're delivering, because I'm in this lovely stage right now where I'm delivering a PDF that can be updated at any point, but it's about to get to the very terrifying stage of physically printed book that has many copies in a shipping container that I can't update dynamically. And that's a very different kind of done. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, one of the things about physical games is that once it goes out there, you can put out FAQs and PDFs, but you're stuck. You're very much stuck. Um, I think, so I think the idea, the, the perfect like rule book, I would say, is the one that you, two strangers can pick up, play the game, the way they played it was the way that you thought they were going to play it, and they had no arguments. Mm. That, that, that is... And they had the same fun experience that you were trying, you were striving for in the first place. Whether, that's the thing whether they enjoy it or not so they, they if they if they did the things you thought they were going to do because them enjoying it is a matter of taste you know you you, you can say to yeah. them happen and that will happen and it then i don't, does, I don't completely agree but i see where you're going <laughs> that's one of the things where it's like you know there are really good games tons of really good games i hate and you know that, that are very very popular that i can't stand and i'm not going to say that those aren't fun and engaging games because lots of people love them and i'm not going to say that they're bad games or bad rule sets because other people follow them and don't have arguments and do all the things the author and i did all the things the author in, you know intended me to do i just don't happen to enjoy that thing i'm not going to say that you know, I don't like chocolate and orange. I'm not going to say that chocolate orange is a bad flavour. It, it just isn't for me. And I think, the, for me, the closest thing you can get to the to a perfect rule set is that it makes the people do the thing you were intending them to do whenever they have a choice or a decision point or interpretation come up. Now, 
where you say you're going to give them a certain sort of experience and whether they get that sort of experience, I think is maybe the uh, the higher standard level. Whether yeah, I think because I think that that's where my minor quibble with your statement is. It's like I feel like the perfect rule book really, really successfully communicates the excitement of why this game is going to deliver an exciting experience and what the excitement is going to be and how that's cool, and then delivers it in all the ways that you just described in a way that is, you know, co consistent across, you know, people comprehension of, of the readers and so forth. But I feel like you can have an exceptionally tight game that just doesn't do enough work at selling the dream and the fantasy, and then um and then delivering on it well i think anyway, it, my, minor quibble the, the point yeah well, but, and i think that but i think that's an interesting thing because that's partly maybe what we're going to end up talking about here is that that's that's like the x for me that's like kind of sometimes the x factor on top of like this is this thing is functionally perfect this is an engine that never breaks down mm -hmm. um that is a good thing and thing to be aimed for now can we step it up to the level where it's an engine that never breaks down that spits out magical rainbows um, rather than like entirely acceptable, you know, cheese sandwiches. Well, I wanted a cheese sandwich to be fair, and this is a, an acceptable one, but is it giving me, you know, brie and pickle or, or, or whatever it happens to be on a horribly and collapsing overextended metaphor? <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, I enjoy your I enjoy I enjoy your doorstop sandwich that's crumbling as even as you try and eat it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, obviously, you try, and I think this is one of the things where I think as an independent um, designer, particularly, you are very individually tied directly to your game. You you have to stand next to sometimes directly in front of it, um, and you have to identify yourself like more directly with it than maybe a company or a designer that has been contracted by a company i think that, right. you know it's interesting because it's like somebody in the discord and they didn't they didn't mean this and you know they, they sort of came back and said something else but they did say you know somebody does blah blah because of a lack of care mm. uh, and that's one of the things that really hurts i think as independent designer because it's like I really do not think that it's ever down to a lack of like, like caring, you know, people sweat blood over these things. It's just a lot of these things are really hard and even harder when you're like a, a proper independent and you're on your own and you don't have a team of people like holding you to account. You know, the number of people that I talk to who are like, oh, I've been working on this game for literally years mm. and i and i keep having like i keep throwing it away and getting upset and it's not good enough and it's not doing what i want it to and i come back to it and i toil away at it and i know that there those people can have done some of those things that somebody somewhere will pick that rule set up at some point and go oh they couldn't even be bothered to sort this out and it's like it's, it's absolutely never that you know it's incredibly rarely that um it's just about sort of being able to get outside of your own head a lot of the time see things mm -hmm. you can't see because you're looking from like your own perspective because everybody always is um figuring out when you're fixing and when you're just spinning i think i think this is one of the big things i think it's something we talked about in relation to like when we talked about the playtesting conversation is that <clears throat> when you put your game out to a mass of people people want different things 
and they're going to have different perspectives. And if you keep reacting to every one of those perspectives, you are just going to spiral back and forth on around something that's perfectly good. Any every version of it is perfectly good. Every perfect- yeah, and I think that that's one of the most pernicious traps is that like you end up spending time in an area of your game or on a specific aspect of the game that like it's sort of fine however it like it's not critical and it it, like you can have very strong opinions and 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 design goals for the game overall and then and i've often done this like you can sort of orbit around making endless cyclical changes um to some particular area and frankly it doesn't matter where it lands like they all function fine and there's very very minor taste benefits in one way or the other Mm. yeah i think like repeatedly like you know back when we were working on Gaslands, there were places Mm. where it was like okay this version is more explodey or this version is more like tactical pick one there's a reason to choose this Mm. thing is broken do this thing instead but then there is the it's either this or it's that and there is no functional difference between them but absolutely somebody has to step up and just pick one just roll the dice make the arbitrary choice and go bang that one is what it's going to be and what is difficult is that sometimes you offer it to somebody else and they sometimes arbitrarily or sometimes because they've come with like preconceptions or pre like things based on other experiences prefer the one you didn't pick and because you had no good reason for picking the one you picked it's so easy for the doubt goblins to get immediately into you at that point you go well maybe they're right if they've got an opinion and i didn't have the opinion maybe their opinion is right and then you switch over and then it's actually it's actually really tricky to find the places in your game or to to consciously identify the places in your game where you kind of don't care Mm. Because you care so much about so much of the game. Um, and then there will be areas where it's like, I sort of don't mind. Like it doesn't, you know, all of these things are fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think a good game design and a good game designer has to have bits where you say, look, this bit really doesn't, it doesn't matter. Either of these is absolutely fine. It is genuinely unimportant. And if people think it's unimportant, maybe I've misled, it, it is important, maybe I've misled them a little bit. Hmm. Um, and I think that like, we feel sometimes because these things are so important to us, and we put so much time and effort into them, that every single thing in it, we have to care about and that we're bad bad naughty game designers if we don't care about every intricate part of the part of the crystal uh you know and and every cog of the watch but sometimes it's like no that will just exhaust you that will just exhaust you and drive you insane and it really won't make the game better a lot of the time sometimes it would just make it more complex and intricate and sometimes that means it's it's worse you know when you care too much about every single part of it um because then you just and also you end up overloading your players because you've lived with this thing for X many years. It's, you know, tattooed in your brain. They get it dumped at them all in one go. And if every part of it has had you go in with like microscopes and make it super intricate because you really cared about this light little subsequence, they're never going to get through the first five pages before they have a meltdown on it. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the things that I find really tricky is identifying where comments from playtesters indicate that either I need to change, like better express a rule or add some clarification around that rule versus just find a place later in the rule book to sort of have some commentary or some FAQ and just say like, hey, so sometimes you might bump into this and and here's something that 
is 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 an explanation of what I'm trying to get done, but making sure that the first time you read the rule, it's one sentence long, it's completely coherent, and if there's some tiny little interaction with some deeper mechanic later in the book, like I'll address that later rather than front loading a bunch of, um, you know, pl player sort of pushing away upfront complexity. Yeah, examples and explanations I find so hard to get right. I mm. mean, because there will always be a situation where you lay out the rules and it's have to be a million times with like everything from Gaslands through to my own games is that you lay out a rule, somebody reads the rule and then they become confused because they think they're meant to do what you told them to do. And then they'll come to you and go, did you mean to do X? And you go, yes, I meant for you to do X. But they would like, they, they were doubtful. And it's always one of those ones where it's like, okay, so, so then do I need to put an example to say, yeah, yeah, that is what I meant. It's okay. And every time you put that example in, there'll be another hundred players who go, oh, another example telling me to do what he just told me to do. This is, this is exhausting. You can do this for every single thing you explain. You explained it perfectly well. And you know, there are people who need reassurance that what they think is what you meant them to think, and they want these sort of comments and examples. And there are yeah, and and the the classic the classic way of writing rules, which is a perfectly good way of rules, but it leads to very long rule books, is you provide a narrative explanation of what the rule is. In battle, bullets are flying everywhere, and troops sometimes get afraid and go to ground. The go to ground rule, when you get two blast tokens, you get a minus one to your morale check. Example, these three soldiers have just got two blast marks. Like, it's a really good way of explaining. Tell them why it's gonna, there's going to be a rule. Tell them what the rule is and then show them the rule in action. But to your point, like, it's a very extended way of writing the rules. But that's how you, that, I mean, that's how, that's how Rick Priestley writes rules. And it's a perfectly good way of doing it. Yeah, but it's hard. You, you can't literally do it for everything. And Rick Priestley has a lot of experience of knowing which ones he needs to do it for and which ones he doesn't. Mm. Uh, and <clears throat> pretty much nobody <laughs> has that level of experience. That's right. And, and intuiting when you need to do the triple point and when you can just go measure a distance and move the thing that distance <laughs> and when you have to like go oh, walls will require you to pathfind round them. Here's a little picture of someone one doing it. Is is really genuinely hard, and it is really something that is hard-won experience. Um, and it's something you get, you know, feedback on, but taking the right feedback in the right way at the right moments is equally really hard. These are really hard. I mean, this is about, like, holding yourself to a higher standard this is about doing it because it's hard and doing the things that are really difficult and because they're really difficult it's really hard to come up with like solid clean answers on where the ending points are and, and how you achieve them and what you need to do um and i think i think one of the flip sides of of the of the conversation is that that conversation we were just having is that like when playtesters are pointing to things you do need to be really humble about about stopping and sort of looking about what they're what they're what they're getting confused about, and like there is definitely a a frustrated, tired Mike who just throws his arms up and goes, "You know what I mean? Stop being belligerent." Um, but you just have to walk away and come back the next day and be like, "Okay, what is going on here that's making the players confused about this? Why does this topic come up?" A couple of times or frankly why has this never come up before and that like one lone voice has just said 
I'm not sure what's going on here. Like these are places where you have to be humble and you have to sort of try and step outside yourself, which is super hard and, and come at it with like just a, a fresh perspective and say, okay, let's, let me read, let me read this rule and try and read backwards to see where I would get to in this. Um, despite yeah. the fact I've read every sentence in this, in this game a thousand times. Yeah. And it's, and it's incredibly difficult, you know, also for someone giving feedback and someone playtesting to explain to you how and why they're confused because it's confusion. You know, it's, it's a really hard thing to pin down the well, it's, it's sometimes confusion. It's sometimes as you, as you rightly point out a lack of confidence, hmm. not like that person has self-confidence issues. Like they are not confident that they have read the rule the way that you intended them to read it. Yeah. And it's sort of, like there's 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 this spectrum like the thing that i find most frustrating is when i read a rule and it doesn't work i can't figure out what the hell it's supposed to do and i get really cross and quite often i will never play a game again once i've encountered a place where it's like well this just doesn't work you haven't told me how to make this work throw the game in the bin this happens with board games from time to time and occasionally with war games and that's well over on the spectrum and then over on the other spectrum is like i just i can see you're trying to tell me something i just haven't got a scooby-doo what you're trying to explain here it's way too complicated um you know it's taking me 16 times to read it and i still don't get it and then there's just in the middle which is like well you told me to do something i think this is what you told me to do maybe you didn't provide enough rick Priestley explanation of why like the setup so i can't quite match the cinema to the rule the rule looks interesting and fairly clear but like is that the cinema that i'm supposed to be getting i'm not certain it's, it's really and this is where i think at the stage in hobgoblin i am right now like barring the bug fixing like i'm very much at the stage where there's a couple of areas of the rules that ended up in a place they iterated to a place where I tried ideas and I tried ideas and I tried ideas and other pieces of the game fell away and got simpler. And like, there's a section around outmaneuvering where I was quite pleased with the crispness of the outmaneuvering rules, but also the way that the outmaneuvering rules provided a bunch of design hooks that I was going to later take advantage of. And having done all that um, design space exploration and, and um, elaboration on the game mechanics, I now find I didn't need those design hooks. And I can actually, with fresh eyes, I can go back to outmaneuvered and say, oh man, there's like, there's at least four lines of rules text here that aren't, that just aren't needed because I don't need those hooks anymore. You found another one yesterday with de-incrementing keywords. That was a design hook I put in in case I needed it. Now I know that I don't need it. And in both of these cases, I can just make the rules simpler. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think sometimes, you know, you're, you end up putting a rule set together and then it's a it's a moving machine and then you're mm. going in and like pulling bits out and tweaking them and turning them or turning them down while the machine's still moving. And then it, re, you know, and you do sometimes when you get to the end of it and it's sort of humming, look at bits and realise they're a sort of Frankenstein's patchwork. Yeah, there's so much gaffer tape and yeah. you could just re-implement it. Yeah, to do exactly the same thing but be clean and sometimes you have to go in and go look okay now i understand what it's meant to do and i understand what's meant to shape it's like okay let's rip off that thing let's go back and make it properly and then actually bolt it back on again rather than just going it's it's running at the moment it's been really hard to get it running Leave, stop touching it yeah and th there is a real psychological um hump to get over there where it's like you know, there's there's a there's a genuine intellectual exhaustion at the end of this process where it's like, okay, I need to dig deep, like end of the marathon, like I've still got to 
come back to these rules with a fresh eye and a smile and a growth mindset. And it's like, God, I just want this document to be finished. Yeah. And also, I think, and then in those last stages, you've got those, there are almost certainly no things left that are actually problems, are actually breaking and falling to pieces. There are the things that confuse other human beings when they make contact with it. And that's another sort of skill you've got to figure out that's about explaining and, and welcoming people in. And then there are the things that the that are the choices that are that you're just going to go round and round and round on if you keep looking at them. And you've got to say that I, I've made the choice, I've made the decision, I need to put that aside and remember when someone asks about it that it's a choice that you know rather than anything else I, look, I mean fundamentally you care you are i know you you do care you are you know really you do hold yourself to a higher standard you know i do think it shows through you know when you're working on things i do think that people understand that and i think it's why the things you put out are well approached by people and are well received and you know people do know you can see where something is created by somebody who cares um who is putting that effort in who do, does hold themselves to a more difficult standard than anybody else does um and you just have to sort of ultimately cleave to that and trust to that and you know that's that's the best that you know the world can offer you in many ways you know it's like it's not going to come out and you're not going to see it and know that it was that it was right you just have to sort of you know look to yourself and go i know that i know that i cared and i know that i did everything i could do and this is ultimately going to be what it's going to be and i know? think the i know i did everything that i can do is kind of a sensitive thing because i think like what what i want what i want to make clear is that is as you said at the beginning like it's never going to be perfect there's always more you could do thank goodness for deadlines and it's kind of why despite everything i like working in a publisher environment where i'm not completely self driven in terms of timelines there's someone else forcing me to at least finish the thing although with hobgoblin it was a little slippery thanks Greg. Right. um yeah. um but ultimately at some point there's this tension between holding yourself to a high standard and just cutting it and just being like okay we got to finish now because i'm otherwise i'm just going to be here forever well also like holding yourself to a higher standard involves finishing a thing that's a, true a thing that is unfinished is of no standard it's it's yeah, it's not true a, it's not a thing it doesn't exist if you if you perpetually don't finish it you haven't held yourself to a higher standard you've let yourself off from yeah. holding yourself to a standard yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got you've got to find a moment where you just put your chips in and you just go right this this is this is it it isn't perfect but it's as good as i have the capacity and time and energy right now yeah and we, and, you, and you're saying that th this is the standard i'm holding myself to i think it's high standard because here you go here's the thing I, I, i'm doing rather than just going I, i'm secretly i'm i'm secretly holding myself to a high standard you're never going to see it you're never going to see the thing that i get to it's never going to be finalized but believe me i'm i'm right i'm right up there and it's like well that's that's a non-standard it's a non-thing mm. you know i'm not holding myself to a high standard on the cake that i'm currently baking because i'm not currently baking a cake you know, and until the thing hits the table, 
it doesn't it doesn't exist and so there isn't it's a thing that we tell ourselves is us holding ourselves to a higher standard it's the thing the way that we justify not getting punched in the gullet when somebody hit, sees the thing we did and doesn't like it as much as we thought they should and rips our creative duodenum out through uh, out through our mouths but you know that's what you've got to do in order to be held to any kind of standard and to achieve any kind of standard and it's not comfortable a lot of the time but you know this is the path thou hast chosen yeah <laughs> so, you know. well i think we should rip i should I think we should rip the band-aid off and we should probably finish this conversation uh for this <laughs> yeah. week absolutely there's no there's... so if you are suffering psychological distress at the idea of finishing something and it may be not being as perfect as you hoped please let us know in the comments <laughs> below we're here for you it's okay it's gonna be fine <laughs> please let mike know go down to the comment section and go yeah just let me okay. know there's someone else here <laughs> they're there they're there honey it's gonna be okay post back right. to the comment section please um while you're down there saying comforting things uh please do hit the like and subscribe button that would be another comforting thing um and you know swing over the discord and hit up mike and say you know we believe in well you. come over to come over to the discord where there are the welcoming arms of many people suffering the same struggles as you all trying <laughs> to finish a game get something out of their brain onto paper suffer the indignities of playtesting and so forth misery does love comfort company um <laughs> that's yeah that's the subtitle of the rule of carnage uh, discord <laughs> it's really nice company for now from us uh though well, i think this is going to be uh a thank you and goodbye from this episode of rule of carnage so thank you and goodbye bye-bye 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 <laughs>